One of the most important things to understand about gaslighting is that it is a form of emotional manipulation, meaning it is emotional abuse. And the cause of it and what, what, what happens is confusion. There's going to be a dissonance between what you hear and what you think and feel internally about your life, your experience, the relationship, the dynamic with that person, and what is actually happening. Hi, everybody. I am Sandy Wiener. Welcome back to Last First Date Radio, where we believe it is never too late to go on your last first date and to support you on your journey to love. I have written two books. The first one is called Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and Love. And uh, that book is filled with 30 chapters. Each one has a story, an exercise, a tip on how to really develop your core confidence and thrive in all aspects of life. And the second book is called Choice Points in Dating. And I wrote this book because I believe so many people not only believe they don't have choices, but they don't know what those choices are. And this is more of a guidebook to dating success. And it starts with how you think about dating, how you choose a partner, how you know when to stay, when to go, how to do the whole online dating thing. I mean, I take you through every aspect of dating and you can find them both on Amazon for Kindle or a paperback. This week's tip on becoming a woman of value is step number 29, which is listen to understand. Stephen Covey made this one popular. And I, I work so much on this with clients about just active listening. We often listen to fix, to give our opinion, and we're just sitting there formulating the next thing that we want to say without really hearing what the other person wants to say and trying to fix them before we even give them empathy. And so one tip to listening to understand is just to be present, just to ask them, what do you need from me? Um, give empathy before you give feedback and always ask if somebody is looking for feedback. Before I bring my guest on, I um, want to invite you to join my fabulous Facebook group. It's called Your Last First Date. We are celebrating almost 10 years of being a free group for women over 40 who are looking for love and we actually have people in there who are already married, who have found love while they were in the group and stayed because there's so much wisdom in the group. This is a very unusual group, I must say. I handpicked our seven incredible moderators who keep this group safe and sane. And it's a rarity out in that world of online um, groups. There's so many groups that just deal with people complaining and, I think there's nothing worse than just going someplace and getting validation for your negative opinions. Uh, if you want to grow, come and join us at your last first date. And now for my guest, Dr. Amelia Kelly. She is a trauma-informed therapist. She's an author, a podcaster, and a researcher. She specializes in art therapy, which was actually my major in college for a while. Oh. Yeah, we'll have to discuss that. Um, internal family systems, which I love, EMDR and brain spotting, as well as she is a certified meditation and yoga instructor. Her work focuses on women's issues, empowering survivors of abuse 
and relationship trauma. She works with highly sensitive people and with motivation, healthy living, adult ADHD. What doesn't she do? That is the question. (laughs) (laughs) And um, she's the author of several books. And today we're going to be discussing her newest book, which is called Gaslighting Recovery for Women, The Complete Guide to Recognizing Manipulation and Achieving Freedom from Emotional Abuse. Such an important topic. Welcome, Amelia. Thank you for having me. So what got you into this topic of, of gaslighting? So it actually was born from my first book, um, because my first book, What I Wish I Knew, Surviving and Thriving After an Abusive Relationship, I co-wrote with Kendall Ann Combs, who is the podcaster of High Heels and Heartache. I met her, I was on her podcast, and um, she's a fierce survivor who has gone through a lot. And as I unpacked her story with her, the topic of gaslighting came up. And as I dove into it more and realized at the very same time that her and I are writing this book, there was a huge movement happening in our social media, in our politics, in our world, especially when it comes to gender and what women go through, uh, that it just drew me in. And the more I researched and the more I looked into it, the more I realized this is something that we need to fully understand. It's, it's a, it's a term that has always existed, but it finally has an actual true meaning and understanding to unpack around it. Yeah. And it became the word of the year last year. I know while I was writing my book and I'm not kidding. I had written the entire book I looked up, um, you know, the word of the year for, as I was writing, and I think the year before it was toxic. I want to say 2022. I I seriously think it was, it was toxic. As I was sending in my final manuscript submission, the new word of the year came up and it was gaslighting. And I contacted my editor and I said, you are never going to believe this. (laughs) And so we went back into the book and reworked a whole entire section because of that. Wow. Amazing. So in real time. (laughs) Yeah. And I've talked a lot about gaslighting. It comes up a a lot in dating, obviously. And Mm -hmm. I uh, did did a video recently about the slow fade, which is worse than gaslighting. They say even Um, it's worse than ghosting. I'm sorry. It's like gaslighting. Mm -hmm. When somebody slow fades, they're not clear. They're just kind of half in, half out. And you're wondering, am I crazy? Is this person really into me? So share with us some, some of the clear signs that somebody is gaslighting. Mm -hmm. One of the most important things to understand about gaslighting is that it is a form of emotional manipulation, meaning it is emotional abuse and the cause of it. And what, what, what happens is confusion. There's going to be a dissonance between what you hear and what you think and feel internally about your life, your experience the relationship, the dynamic with that person and what is actually happening. So it's meant to disconnect you from your own inner message. That is very different than what some people might confuse gaslighting to be, which we should definitely unpack today. uh, What is not gaslighting? Yeah. So give us some of the signs of the specific signs of gaslighting, what it is. So it's, you're saying it's, it's a form of emotional abuse. 
dissonance makes you question yourself? So there are so many different forms that gaslighting can take, different tactics that can be used. I highlighted all of them that I could muster into the book. But to give you some examples, it can look like withholding information. It can look like outright denial. That is one of the most jarring ones when you can have proof of something right in front of you and the gaslighter will adamantly refuse or deny that something has happened. And this is after they have already established some level of either trust or power over you so that you would have reason to question whether or not what they're saying might be the case. You know, so an example would be in a, in an intimate relationship, it's going to be that they've established a level of, of need, connection, love, trust already. So when they outright deny, why would I do something like that to you? I care about you, but you're looking at your text message and you can clearly see that they're lying to you about something, A, B, or C, but they've already established some level of connection, trust, dependency on them. It makes it easier for them to play out these denial patterns. Um, when I was saying the power piece, we can think of medical gaslighting, for instance. We don't necessarily have a loving, trusting relationship with our medical provider, but they play a role of power. They have something we need. They have knowledge we need or treatment we need. So this puts them in a dynamic where why would we want to question that they don't have our best interest in this scenario? Because they're supposed to be taking care of us. And this continues on to things like professional gaslighting. I can just continue to give you examples, but this is just, just denial is the one that I'm exploring. Um, but there's so many different ways this can play out in a dating dynamic. Yeah. I mean, I, the medical one is interesting. I hadn't thought of it as gaslighting, but I had a surgery that I was told was going to be ambulatory and mm -hmm. a friend of mine had accompanied me. And when I woke up, there was a nurse standing over me and she said, how do you feel on a scale of one to 10? I said, four. And she goes, well, you need morphine. You need some more morphine. And I was like, I told you I feel okay. So that was the first thing she did. The second thing she did is you had too much done today. You're going to need to stay over. And I didn't know what I had done because I had just woken up. Uh-huh. My friend was standing there. She had no idea what had happened. And I end up in a room and the attending physicians come in a few hours later and they go, what are you doing here? And I said, well, this nurse told me I had too much done today. What, what happened? They go, no, you didn't. You're not supposed to be here. You're supposed to leave. And I, I knew it. I knew it in my gut. And I've had many situations like that where doctors have told me you need surgery, you need this. I'm telling you I'm the authority or I, I was in the hospital after my first child was born and he had a lot of complications and they wanted to numb me and put me on tranquilizers. And I was not a hysterical mom. I wanted to be a hundred percent present. Mm -hmm. And I told them to get out of the room, but that kind of intimidation, um, can really make people start to doubt themselves. And maybe I am crazy. Maybe I need medication. Mm -hmm. So I've experienced it several times and I'm always the one standing up and they're all like, she's the crazy one. 
So um, you got to have a strong constitution not to fall you for do. this stuff. You do. And I love, there were two things that you said that I think are so important for your listeners to hear. And one of them was that you connected with your gut. You connected with that kind of unlevel, uncertain feeling that gaslighting can make you feel Mm -hmm. where you double back and you question things, even if you know what you know. So that's amazing that you did that. That's so important. And the second piece was being willing to stand up and say something about it. Because in a medical gaslighting situation, for instance, there are too many people who, I mean, we've been taught, you just believe what the medical provider says. It takes a lot to completely disagree or deny or demand that you test me further, or Mm -hmm. you're all allowed to get second, third, fourth, fifth opinions, one person's opinion. And I say person deliberately, just because someone's a doctor doesn't mean that they're not a person. No, it was actually the first time in my life where I realized that just because somebody had a doctor's, uh, a medical degree didn't mean that they were smarter than I was. And, Mm -hmm. um, and certainly common sense. Um, I, I had a lot of that. And it started to give me the confidence to stand up to people in power. I, I also lodged a complaint with my doctor and with the hospital, by the way. Oh, um, Wonderful. Yeah. Good for yeah. you. And, and they to were say not that surprised. Not, right. <laughs> and to say that not everyone has the opportunity or the ability or the confidence or the, the past experience that leads them to believe that it's okay to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's why this empowerment has always been a huge underlying current to all the messages that I want to share or that I write about. And when it comes to gaslighting, I really believe in the empowerment piece underneath it all. Yes. You're speaking my language. (laughs) (laughs) Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Music Unlimited. You can listen to over 70 million songs and thousands of playlists and stations. Plus, you can now stream your favorite podcasts like Last First Date Radio. You can listen to any song, anytime, anywhere, on any of your devices. Get Amazon Music Unlimited for free for 30 days. Just head on over to getamazonmusic.com forward slash last first date to learn more and claim this offer. I have a specific situation I want to discuss with you, but let's first talk about what is not gaslighting because I think some things can be confused for gaslighting and they're not. You're absolutely correct. And you know, I'm even seeing this happen in our social media and reality TV and just entertainment in general. So many examples of someone labeling someone else as gaslighting them when in fact it's not the case. This is the fundamental thing to understand. Gaslighting is not synonymous with just having human conflict. Human conflict is not gaslighting. So disagreeing, remembering things, genuinely remembering things differently, um, having a different perspective, not liking what someone says to you. These are not fundamental portions or, or parts of gaslighting. Because we are going to be in conflict as humans. It just happens. So understanding that just because 
someone is not seeing something the way that you are seeing something, it does not mean they're gaslighting you. But if someone is making you holistically doubt your entire experience, your internalized dialogue, what you know to be true, that's when you want to start looking at whether or not it's gaslighting. Yeah, that's a good distinction. I have a client who is in a relationship and I'm, I'm working with the man and um, his partner mm -hmm. accuses him of being the, the entire problem. This is right. So I am this way because of you. You are narcissistic. You are gaslighting me. Um, and, and it's all blame, 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 blame. And when he tries to use some of the tools I'm teaching him, like setting up a no blame zone and being able to do conflict in a, in a kind way, she says, um, why are you telling me what to do? You know, it's just, it's so one-sided and that situation of him being accused of gaslighting when in reality, I believe she's gaslighting him. Mm -hmm. Because he's constantly second guessing himself and he wants to do anything in his power to make her happy um, mm -hmm. and not be angry at him. What mm -hmm. would you say in a situation like that? So the first is I would like to determine whether or not it's gaslighting just because I would imagine a listener is probably wondering, is this gaslighting or not? Mm -hmm. um, her and him not feeling validated or not seeing the relationship as equitable or seeing eye to eye, that part is not gaslighting. That's that high conflict or toxic uh, relationship portion. But her telling him that he is gaslighting her when in fact he's just making requests, that is technically a form of gaslighting. Yeah. being being mislabeled for using an abuse tactic that you are holistically not using mm -hmm. that yeah. that itself could be a form of gaslighting and it could be a protection you know it could be her trying to protect her own ego mm -hmm. I and, think and that's what, she, what it is mm -hmm, and what she wants and needs if she's not trying to control distort um or overpower him in any other ways to me, it's also kind of pointing more towards toxic relationship mm -hmm. as well, as opposed to the malicious nature that gaslighting can sometimes take. Yeah, it's, it's, you don't know how to treat me. You are not empathic. You don't do this. You don't do that. You always do this. You never do that. Um, it's mm. every, every argument ends up in that same thing. And he just takes her yelling at him for like two hours at a time. Um, and I yeah. say to him, you cannot sit there for two hours and be yelled at. That's abusive. And right. you're allowing abuse. And right. so you need to set up agreements about how you're going to get up and walk out of the room when she talks to you that way. Right. But it's nothing's changing. And it's just so sad to right. hear he desperately wants this to work. And you can't have only one person making changes. No. And if, if she, I mean, she sounds like she's portraying some insecure narcissistic behaviors. Mm -hmm. And if she is consistently never to blame, if he is always to blame, if there is a lot of projection, those are going to be some of the, 
gaslighting tactics that narcissists will commonly employ. Right. And then call you a narcissist. All right. So let's, let's go through some of the tools you teach to um, affect change when people are gaslighting or Mm -hmm. other manipulative tactics. We've discussed a few. Mm -hmm. So one of the most important things, and I think we're touching on it at the beginning is identifying that it's happening. I mean, that is the most important part because gaslighting survives best when it's undetected. So once it is detected, it's, it's much more difficult for it to be sustained. Now I say this with the caveat that there are relationships, dynamics, family structures, professional dynamics that sometimes you can't get away from your gaslighter whether this be because you're being raised by a parent who gaslights and you're a minor and you can't leave your home, or if you financially can't quit your job and you have a coworker or a superior who's gaslighting you. And so in those scenarios, finding a safe person, someone that you do trust, someone that you can touch base with about reality is going to help reconnect you with your ego strength. This can also be done internally, you know, things, we all know the power of, of journaling and writing, but when it comes to gaslighting, there's a step further that I actually offer in the book, a fact tracking form, because it is not histrionic, unhealthy over the top for you want to keep track of things. If you need to keep track of odd emails or text messages or things that someone did to you, that's completely appropriate and normal. It's a normal way to, to measure abnormal behavior, essentially. Um, And sometimes it can be useful if you are going to, for instance, and if it's safe, because it's not always safe to do this, but if it's safe to lodge a complaint, if it's safe to go to a superior if it's safe to say you're in the middle of divorcing a gaslighter and you need information for divorce proceedings, sometimes having those things not only help you reconnect with your reality, but they can become proof to help support your arguments, which it's such a shame you even have to be in that position, but it can be very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that a lot of people get so emotionally involved that they stop seeing facts and Mm -hmm. the emotions escalate. And so fact tracking is such an important thing. Um, I I even uh, remember talking to somebody recently about the stuff they were making up versus the facts. And it's always, you know, look at the facts. That's the only part that you really can prove at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's great. So first identifying is this gaslighting because if you when you name it you can do something about it mm-hmm. um and then try to get away is that the second step like try to find a safe space so if at all possible distance is the best next step mm-hmm. this might look like emotionally distancing yourself from someone this might look like ending a relationship or getting out of a relationship i know as well as anyone else, how hard that can be though. So I know Mm -hmm. that's not an easy next step. Um, That could look like evaluating, say if it's a medical provider, maybe this provider is not the right one for you, or maybe this job is not the right job. Uh, Maybe this is not a scenario that's going to improve because unfortunately, 
much like other emotional abuse tactics, gaslighters are not always open to change. I'm not <laughs> saying they never will, but it's, it's infrequent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would say most manipulators are all about the manipulation. Why would they want to change? Uh, okay. So, um, I know that you also teach some evidence-based tools. Um, mm -hmm. can you name some of those, the recovery tools? So it's very important, you know, taking it a step further beyond just reporting and sharing what you've gone through. It's very important to reconnect with your confidence and your self-esteem. And I think it's important to understand the difference. So the self-esteem portion is the knowing that I deserve to be treated with respect simply because I exist. That's self-esteem. I deserve to be safe and treated in a way that I would want to treat someone else. The confidence piece is that I have the ability to go out into the world and do things that are challenging that I may or may not succeed at. So I just, I, I like for people to know the distinction. And so in that respect, anything that you can do that's going to enhance self-esteem, that self-worth, that self-parenting is crucial for overcoming um, gaslighting abuse. And so in my book, for instance, I lead people through all different ways you can do this. We do a little art therapy. So there's actually a directive you can do right in there where you remind yourself of the things that you even like and that you love, because when you experience gaslighting for a long enough period of time, it can dissonate. It can create so much dissonance that you stop remembering even simple things that you enjoy or preferences that you have. So reconnecting with things that you prefer and being willing to disagree. I love the idea of being disagreeable. Let's all be more disagreeable, <laughs> but, but not in a malicious way where we're just difficult to deal with, but disagreeable in the sense that my perspective and opinion can be different than yours. And that's beautiful not doing that with the gaslighter. This is not the person that you're going to get to practice any of these skills with really. It's going to have to be with other people who champion for individuality, just like you deserve. It's mm, a good distinction. Yeah. With a gaslighter, you're wrong. I'm right. And with a person who champions different opinions and is open and has a growth mindset, they're going to be open. Mm -hmm. to hearing that there are other ways to do things and not just my way or the highway. Right. Mm -hmm. Like the couple I was talking about before. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where you're wrong and I'm right. And if you don't agree with me, then I'm going to yell at you for a very long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, thinking about so many people that I know, I have a client who moved back home with her mom uh, after uh, one of her relationships ended and um, it was a very toxic situation. And mm. we worked very hard on how to handle her mom's narcissism, gaslighting. Ultimately, she had to move out of the house, obviously, but but she, uh, she came very far and I thought it was really important for her to learn how to not absorb all of it, how to 
how to walk away from her mother when she would yell at her, really had to speak up with her mom, which she never had the courage to do. And I think there are times when, especially if it's a family member, you know, like you can't just leave your parents, like you said. I mean, you could, people emancipate Sometimes themselves. Sometimes you need to, right? Yeah. But her mother wasn't as vicious and, and, and horrible as she had believed she was because she never interacted with her in this way. So have you seen people actually go from gaslighting to being able to have a relationship? When the person who has been engaging in gaslighting is willing to get help, when they're willing to admit and realize that I play a role in this dynamic, Mm -hmm. I, I see so much potential and that's, that's one of the messages that I really want to put out there because I don't think every, um, professional or expert on gaslighting right now is celebrating enough of what healing can happen for the gaslighter as well. So if you are listening and you question, because I can think of times I've probably gaslit my own husband, you know, <laughs> like if, if you can think of times where you were feeling very insecure, or maybe you have attachment issues and there was a sense of panic and a sense of wanting to control something from happening in a relationship, you may gaslight another person just out of sheer insecurity. If you're listening to this and you're thinking, gosh, have I done this before? The more you're able to connect with your emotional experience and unpack it and work through it, the less likely you'll continue doing that, not only in that relationship, but in other relationships. I mean, we look at probably all of our favorite movies and stories. They're all the dynamic character who started off the beginning of the movie, probably a jerk or, <laughs> you know, like very closed minded. And then something happens. And, you know, sometimes that is kind of what it is. You know, we think of big changes for maybe I, I think of like substance abuse, for instance, that's a huge change when someone realizes when they hit their rock bottom and they have to start taking inventory and make amends and take the steps to recover that's kind of what needs to happen with gaslighting. Actually, not kind of, that is what needs to happen with gaslighting as well. You might hit a rock bottom. You might lose enough relationships. You might lose that job that you love. Something might happen where your desire to control others does not pan out the way you hoped. And maybe just maybe you hit your rock bottom and you've got to come back up and take those steps. And getting help and finding insight is the most important aspect of that. Yeah, I'm glad you shared that part because I think a lot of people feel that once a gaslighter, always a gaslighter. And mm -hmm. even narcissism, you know, certain types of narcissism can be healed. And I think that people really need to know that if it's you or someone you know and love, that mm -hmm. that healing is, is possible for the right people and with the right intentions. And if I piggyback something really important on that. Sure. If you have experienced gaslighting, if you are the recipient of someone behaving that way, though, you are the last person who will change them mm. because they will only change if they are not within that relationship in which they are doing that behavior. 
they are more likely, I hate dichotomous statements. Let me back that up. <laughs> I will not say they will never, but they are less likely to change if they are within the relationship with someone they are abusing. They are more likely to change if they are not, if they lose that, if they have to on their own do the work and the inventory. So you yourself, the person who received the gaslighting are not going to be the one to change that person nor is it your responsibility. Yeah. And that's what leads to crazy making. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if I only said the right word and only did this and then yes. oh, maybe they'll well, change. And that's what keeps the cycle of abuse going. And mm -hmm. it, it's never your responsibility to fix another person's wounds. Yes, definitely. I, I'm watching a movie now. It's called Bad Therapy. <laughs> I'm going to write this. that down. <laughs> it's on Hulu and it's with Alicia Silverstone. This woman oh. plays a therapist who um, she basically should not be practicing therapy. She was let go and kicked out of therapy and she's doing these crazy manipulative things with this couple where she's just saying crazy things and then she sees them separately and tells them each something so that they turn against each other and they think they should have affairs. And it's like, it gets crazier and crazier and crazier. There's nothing just, okay about that. <laughs> no, there's nothing okay about any of this movie. And in fact, it became so crazy, I had to turn it off, but it made me realize that this is gaslighting. And until we had this conversation, I was just like, this is crazy stuff. But yeah, total, total yeah. gaslighting. That's crazy. And I'm going to tell you humorously, my biggest pet peeve about watching therapy in movies and TV, no clients get up and walk around the room. <laughs> Do you ever notice? They always in entertainment. I was watching Virgin River yesterday and Jack oh, yeah. got up and started walking around the room and looking out the window or Goodwill hunting. Like mm -hmm. no one does that. People stay in their seats. <laughs> like, I can't stand that. It's so funny. <laughs> well, bad therapy is everything bad about therapy. <laughs> uh, you might like that one better. I'll look um, <laughs> so Amelia, this conversation is just so important. And I would love to know what your final words of advice are for anyone who wants to go on their last first date. My favorite thing is leaning back into that disagreeability. Remember from the very beginning, it's okay to have your own emotional individuation. It's okay to like different things, to have different boundaries, different preferences. The more original you are in that first last first date, the more likely it's going to be your last first date. Because if you're not original, if you're not holistically yourself, you're just going to continue being a chameleon that's trying to shape shift to other people. And those relationships eventually most likely will not work. So I, I sometimes tell the story of my first date with my husband, where an hour in, I said, you know, just so you know, I really enjoy my time with my girlfriends and I'm probably going to go out with them sometime and I'm not going to ask your permission. And if that bothers you, I'm probably not the woman for you. And he's <laughs> like, no, that's cool. So putting out that. there, yeah, putting out there how you really feel and what you really think you put your cards on the table and you see if the other person actually has your hand, so to speak. 
people should tattoo this onto their foreheads because <laughs> I see so many relationships fail because of the shape shifting. Oh, yeah. And then they wonder like that, that blindsided me. I don't understand. They told me they weren't ready for a relationship. You're bland. You're basically echoing that person and you're not being you and you're not right. going to find the right match. So this is, Really, really great advice. Thank you. Um, I know that um, you have a free gift. Can you mm -hmm. tell us about that? Yes. So if you go onto my Instagram at Dr. Amelia Kelly, and if you're not on Instagram, uh, you can also find me under the same name on Facebook. And Kelly's with an EY, I always like to say. <laughs> shoot me a message, give me a like, shoot me a message and put the name of this podcast or maybe something that you loved about this episode or anything about this episode. And you'll be put in a drawing to win a free copy of Gaslighting Recovery for Women that will be sent to you directly from Penguin Random House, my publisher. And sometimes they put little goodies in there too. <laughs> Ooh, we love goodies. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, for talking about gaslighting and, and emotional abuse. And really, the bottom line is we're talking about empowerment and not losing yourself to another person. This is something that is so much my mission, too. And I love everything that you stand for. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. It was wonderful talking to you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you everybody for listening today. And if you love our show, please give us a high rating on Apple podcasts. And as always, here's to your last first date. If you are ready to get unstuck, gain new tools, become more empowered and finally find your last first date, I'd love to talk to you. Fill out an application to be considered for a complimentary half hour love breakthrough session at lastfirstdate.com forward slash application. <laughs>